Well, good morning. A very warm welcome to our service of worship. As we come to worship God, may you know God's loving presence with you. So we come to God in worship, and it says in Psalm 150, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so let's worship God as we sing our first hymn, For the Beauty of the Earth, and that's uh, number 181 in the church hymnary version 4.
Let's come before God in prayer. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you that we can come before you to worship you, and we thank you that you're faithful in all your ways to us. So help us, Lord, as we give you our thanks and praise in return to remember how good you are to us, how much you have loved us through the gift of your Son, Jesus, to make it possible for us to know you and to receive your love and forgiveness and to become your children forever through faith in our Lord Jesus. We remember also that you are our maker and the source of all that is good. And so we thank you for the blessings that you give us by your love for our daily needs. Forgive us, Lord, when we do not love you or the people around us with the love that you have shown to us. Cleanse us from our sins by your Spirit and help us to live and to share the good things that you've given to us with those in need around us. Lord God, as we worship together, help us to understand more about you and more of you and to know your love for us, that we may be strengthened in our faith and follow you more faithfully in all of our ways. For we pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, today I'm th we're thinking about people that we trust. Um, we're um, thinking about people perhaps that um, when we've got something difficult happen, we might think of going to them or maybe having a chat with them. Now, I wonder, say, uh, you've got, uh, well, I do, we had a problem actually. We had our tire, tire um, went flat last night, so we've had to go to a garage and get that sorted because we trust that they know what they're doing and we would make a mess probably if we tried to change a complete tire uh, ourselves and that's because we, we trust them that they know what they're doing. Um, and so it's, uh, just have a think about people that you might trust with something. It could be something practical like that or maybe a problem that you are facing and you, you feel that you really need someone you can trust. Um, well, our story today is all about um, having, uh, uh, all about trust. And it's about, uh, it's a story from uh, the story of David in the Old Testament, David, King David of Israel. And it's a story about how when he was younger, he learned to trust God when there were difficult things because David was a shepherd when he was younger and he cared for the sheep that his dad had and he looked after them and he made sure that they had uh, enough to eat, enough uh, water, enough rest. But sometimes there were dangerous animals that would come and try and attack the sheep. And David learned that when 
these animals turned up, not to be afraid, but to actually, um, he prayed to God that God would give him uh, the knowledge of what to do. And so um, he was able to fight those animals. And um, sometimes it was a, a bear and sometimes it was a lion. And he was, um, when he, uh, when he, they came across them, he would fight, fight them in the way that God gave him. And we'll see in the next slide how he, and just move on to the next slide as well, how he managed to, to get, um, uh, if we move on to the next slide as well, and how he managed to, to, to actually get rid of the, the danger um, because God gave him ways of doing that and uh, the, the, the animals went away or, or he managed to get rid of them. And, um, you know, it was quite dangerous for him as well, but he learned that if he trusted God, then he would be able to do what he'd been asked to do, and that was to look after the sheep. And so he was able to um, take the sheep somewhere uh, and they could have a rest. Maybe they'd been a bit worried by that happening, and he took them there to get some rest afterwards. So he actually wrote down some of these things in what we call the Psalms, and he would record how, um, if we move on to the next slide, how he would... Um, actually pray to God, and he would bring all his problems to God, and he would pour out his heart. And if you read some of these Psalms, you'll see that he pours out all the problems he's got. And that's a good, good thing for us to remember to do as well, that when we've got things that are happening with us, we can pour them out to God. We can pray about, about them. And he actually, but every, all these Psalms, he, all these songs, which were his prayers, they actually ended up praising God because he found that he could trust God and that God answered his prayers. And that was, that was great. And that's why we've got um, these amazing psalms that uh, David wrote about his uh, trusting God through difficulties. So it's, it's really good to remember that and remember that we can trust God and bring all these things to him, the things that we face. And so we're going to um, sing in a moment, but first we're going to pray and just pray about these things and ask God to help us. Dear God, we thank you that we can know you as our friend, as David did. We thank you that we can trust you to help us with the difficult things. We thank you that we can trust you with all things. Thank you that you've promised to be with us always when we trust in Jesus, who is our good shepherd. We pray this in his name. Amen. We're going to sing uh, a song that we, we've sung before. It's Be Bold, Be Strong, uh, for the Lord my God is with me. And um, it, there's just a few actions. I'll try and remember them. So I think it's uh, Be Bold, Reflecting Your Muscles, Be Strong, for the Lord my God is with me. And you repeat that. Um, I am not afraid. No, no, not me. I am not dismayed, same actions really, um, and uh, I'm walking in faith and victory. Come on, walk in faith and victory, for Lord our God is with you. And you can clap at that point, and then we just go through it again. So um, let's, uh, let's worship God who is able to help us in every need. Be bold and be strong. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, not just in the church, not just in your home, but wherever you go. So 
This, is, this was a promise God gave to Joshua just after Moses died and he was all of a sudden ordained as the leader of a vast nation. 600, more than 600,000 people were there for whom he had to lead and then God assures him that I am with you just like I was with Moses and I will lead you. So just be bold, be strong and courageous, do not be dismayed for I am with you wherever you go. So with that same confidence, let us also sing and worship and do the actions. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid, no, no, no. I am not dismayed, not me. Walking in faith and with walk. For I'm walking faith and victory for the Lord. Your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid, no, 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 I am not dismayed, not me. Walking in faith and victory, cause I'm walking faith and victory. For the Lord your God is with you. One more time, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid, I am not dismayed, not me, for I'm walking in faith and victory, cause I'm walking faith and victory, for the Lord your God is with you. For the Lord your God with you. Amen. Let's come again to God in prayer as we bring our prayers for others to Him. Heavenly Father, we thank you this day for the family of God's people gathered here and in many places. We thank you that you have given us a place to belong, to be nurtured and supported in our faith. Renew us with your loving compassion to take the message of the gospel to the world around us in so much need. Sovereign Lord, you are our creator and redeemer, the savior of the world. And we thank you that there is nothing in this world that is greater than your power to save. And so we bring before you now the needs of our world. Loving God in the quiet now, we bring before you those people and places that are especially on our minds and hearts at this time and lay our requests before you.
God, our healer and comforter, we bring to those who we know are in need, the bereaved, the sick, the hurting, the troubled, and those who are in any kind of want. Bring your comfort, your healing, your peace, and your provision for those we name silently before you now. Loving God, we thank you for all that you have given us in Christ. We thank you for the hope that we have, that one day all things will be renewed, that every tear will be wiped away, that all death and mourning and pain will have passed away, and that your love will reign throughout the earth. Keep us faithful with all those who have gone before us and who now live in your nearer presence. Inspire us and strengthen us to keep walking by faith in the joy of your loving presence day by day and to live for the glory and praise of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We continue to worship with our next hymn, which is uh, Christ is Our Light, the Bright and Morning Star. Uh, the, this is in the, again in um, the fourth edition of the church hymnary, number 336. And the words may be uh, slightly less familiar, but the tune uh, should be quite familiar to you. Let's worship God.
This morning are from Psalms 24, chapter verses 3 to 6, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 8, and 1 John, chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Psalm 24, 3 to 6. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 1 John 3, the first three verses. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Our next hymn is Purify My Heart, Mission Praise 921. So, who shall see God? Only those who are pure. Purity, Bible says that without holiness it is impossible to see God. We, we all sin in various ways. We all commit some of the other mistakes. But the most important factor that we have with Christ is that through his blood, we have the remission of sins. That we can boldly enter into the presence of God and ask for forgiveness and be healed and be cleansed all over again. So as we sing this song, I would request you all to also look at it as a song of reflection, that uh, you take time to reflect and call out to God just like David did, that create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, O God. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. to be holy 
set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your me from within and make me holy purify my heart cleanse me from my sin deep within purify my heart cleanse me from within and make me Holy, purify my heart, cleanse me from my sin, deep within, refine as My heart's one desire is to be Choose to be holy, set apart for you, my match. Choose to be holy, set apart, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be. Ready to do your will, Lord. I'm ready to do your will. Make me ready to do your will. Pray together as we come to God's word. Lord God, we thank you that you have come to us because we couldn't come to you. We thank you, Lord, that even in our sin, in our failings, that you have reached out to us through our Lord Jesus to be our Savior, the Holy One of God, come to be, to lift us up into your presence. So, Lord, however we come today, we ask that you would speak to us by your Spirit, that you would Remind us that you are the one who reaches out to us, that however we come, however we are feeling, however whatever has been happening in our lives, you're the one that reaches out to us and that we can take hold of your hand by faith. So Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and our minds from your word this day. Lord, help us to be the ones that would come to you and receive from you now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've ever played the game of hide and seek, either as a child yourself or with children, 
you'll recognize the excitement of seeking and finding those who've hidden as part of the game. And in, in literature, we're familiar with, with the idea of seeking lost treasure. Usually there's a map involved and clues to find the spot where the hidden treasure is. X marks the spot. The adventure of seeking is part of the enjoyment of the story. The adventure has lots of twists and turns to the eventual discovery. But sometimes, however, having to seek something isn't always about adventure or having fun. If you've lost something, be it keys or a pair of glasses or a mobile phone, excitement isn't the word that you probably use when you're seeking to find what's currently hidden. If you've ever parked your car in an unfamiliar place and failed to pay attention to exactly where you were, as happened to me uh, a few years ago, it took me over half an hour to find my car in an unfamiliar place. I was so much in a hurry to get where I wanted to be, I forgot to look at the street name. And uh, I'm sure you've had similar, or if maybe hopefully not as long, to find your car if you've ever had, had lost it. Well, seeking is something that we um, can do for many different reasons. But it's usually we seek something that we think is valuable or we think that we need. And the Bible talks also a lot about seeking. It talks about seeking the right things and valuing the things that are really important. For example, Jesus told a couple of stories about people who were seeking something valuable, and they gave everything to find what they were looking for. In the parables of the hidden treasure and the peril of great price in Matthew chapter 13 from verse 44, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. What we seek in life is very important, Jesus says, because what we value and set our heart on usually determines the course of our life. What we seek is so important because it can determine the course of our life. And if we end up seeking and setting our heart on the wrong things, uh, we'll eventually be let down, having wasted time on what's really not helpful in the long run. And God doesn't want us to miss what's most important in life. But what's all this got to do with the sixth beatitude in Matthew 5, verse 8, which is what we're looking at today? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Well, if we look at our first Bible reading from Psalm 24, we'll discover that having purity of heart is very closely related to what we seek in our lives. Let's uh, 
look at verse 3 in Psalm 24, and the question is posed, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Well, this is a very important question because, as we've been thinking about in the first few Beatitudes, none of us really come up to God's standards of holiness and righteousness. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, it says in Romans 3.23. So when we read the answer in verse 4, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in idols or swear by a false god, if we're honest with ourselves, we have to admit that we come up short. Who of us has only ever acted in good ways? That's uh, the metaphor is having clean hands. Who has only ever done things um, right all the time, used their hands in a, in a good way and the rest of their body in a good way all the time? And who has only ever had a heart filled with pure thoughts and attitudes. And in the later part of that verse, when we think about idols and false gods, it doesn't necessarily mean um, something that you see in a museum or in another country. It can, it's things that take the rightful place of the true and living God in our lives. And who of us can say that we've never allowed things or people to try and fill the central place in our lives that only God should have? Or to put it another way, how well have we lived up to the commands to love our, the Lord our God with all our heart and our soul and our mind and to love our neighbor as ourselves? Well, the answer again is that we, we all fall short of God's standard of perfect love. And yet, the good news is that God makes a way for us through Jesus, where we've fallen short He's lived a perfect life. He's taken our sins upon himself on the cross so that we can receive his righteousness. Describes his righteousness as being like a garment that we put on. Through faith in Jesus our Savior, we receive a new life and a new and pure heart cleansed by his blood, the washing of the Holy Spirit, we're born again into God's family. And so as God's children through faith in Jesus, we receive forgiveness and his righteousness so that we can come close to God who is pure, so that we have pure hearts to come close to him. In the Old Testament, we see examples of this transforming work of God's spirit on the human heart which point us to the complete work of our Lord Jesus in making us new and pure before a holy God. As we were just uh, referred to earlier in Psalm 51, for example, we have a beautiful description of how God takes even the most sinful person when they seek him and receive forgiveness. When they seek him for forgiveness and a new beginning, he transforms their heart. Thinking of King David again, who's described in the Bible as a man after God's own heart in both the Old and the New Testament. Nevertheless, as I'm sure many of you know, that he fell into great sin at the, at the peak of his powers really as well. He committed adultery with Bathsheba and tried to think, cover things up. 
And then, when that didn't work, he made sure that Bathsheba's husband Uriah was killed in battle. But when God eventually confronted him through the prophet Nathan, he repented and confessed his sin and sought God's mercy. And he records in his prayer in Psalm 51, in the first two verses, he prays, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And then in verse 10, David calls out to God, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David is conscious of the things that he's been holding in his heart, and he asks God to cleanse his heart, to give him a new heart. David's prayers are a reminder that in the first place, we need God to give us a pure heart. It's God's work in our life by His Spirit that renews our hearts completely when we come to faith in Jesus. However, it doesn't stop there. We don't become perfect in our lives the minute we become Christians. There's also an ongoing work of purification that continues through our whole lives. We receive a pure heart when we're born into God's family through faith in Jesus. That's the entry point. That's the way we can come into God's holy presence. However, there's also an ongoing responsibility on our part to keep our hearts pure before God, to open the way for God's blessing to flow into our lives as, as we're promised for those with a pure heart and to flow not only into our lives, but to overflow into the lives of others. And Jesus teaches us that God's blessing will come for the pure in heart. And it also says in Psalm 24, verse 5, they will receive a blessing from the Lord and a vindication from God their Savior. However, it's verse 6 in Psalm 24 that really helps us to see how we can keep our hearts pure, how we can walk in God's ways of blessing, because it tells us that the, the actions and the attitudes of those who are pure in heart, it says, such is the generation of those who seek Him. It's identifying those who are pure in heart as those who seek God, those who seek your face, the God of Jacob. The pure heart is therefore for those who seek God, who seek His face. Well, we were thinking earlier about what's important to seek in our lives and how what we seek in our lives determines its course. And that's why the Bible distinguishes those who seek God in their daily lives and those who don't. And you can read in the Old Testament, the history of the kings of Judah and Israel, the ones who sought God are commended as good, and the people were blessed. And those who didn't seek God are described as doing evil. There's a couple of examples. Second Chronicles 12:14. It says of King Rehoboam of Israel, he did evil because he did not set his heart on seeking the Lord. He set his heart on everything else 
and it took him the wrong way. Whereas in 2 Chronicles 19 verse 3, we're told that King Jehoshaphat of Judah is commended for having set his heart, set his heart on seeking God. The essential difference is then whether or not we seek God. Those that did brought God's blessing on themselves and on others. Those who didn't seek God for his love, his guidance, his strength went the wrong way. And other people suffered as well. And that's why throughout the Bible we're commanded to seek God and to seek his face. And just to explain to seek God's face is another way of saying we're seeking to know him, to have a relationship of love with him. I wonder if you've noticed how people often meet up. Maybe they've arranged to meet up and they go out to a restaurant or a cafe or wherever. But rather than looking at each other, they're looking at their phones. I wonder if that's a bit like our relationship with God. Do we really give him our attention? Do we focus on what he wants to say to us? Are we really seeking his face to know him better? Or are we distracted by other things? Because when we do stop and turn our attention to God, I'm going to explain that a little bit in a moment. When we stop and turn our attention to God and seek to know him better, here are some of the blessings he promises us as we look to him. Second Chronicles chapter 16 from verse 10 says, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. There's joy in seeking God. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. God strengthens us as we come to him. Psalm 34 verse 10 says, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. When we come to God for our provision, for what we need, he is wanting to give us good things. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And that's uh, quite a powerful statement because that's about we come to God to know him better, to return from what we know is wrong, to humble ourselves as his people. And the promise is not just for us to receive forgiveness, it's that God can, through us, heal the land, heal the things, the, the difficult things that we know go on around us. He can use us when we come to know him because when we know him, we know how he wants us to live. So coming to stop and pay attention to God, just think of that image of lifting your head from your phone and looking to God, giving him your attention. When we make the decision to seek God and know him more, God responds by purifying our hearts and our desires to become more in tune with his heart of love. James, uh, in his letter, puts it this way in chapter 4, verse 8. Come near to God, and he will come near 
to you. Notice it's uh, not for us just to wait around. We've to actively seek God, and He promises that He will come to us. It's not because He's not there. It's just that He doesn't force Himself on us. As we pray and meditate on God's Word, as we seek to know Him better, we discover more of the amazing hope that we have as believers. We begin to recognize the truth of what we read in our third Bible reading, 1 John 3 from verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. It's recognizing that we are actually God's children, and that sinking from our heads to our hearts as we spend time with God. And it goes on, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. The world, of course, does not necessarily pay attention to God and His words. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. And so when we seek God and His ways in our daily lives, consciously seeking to know Him better, we are changed in the process. As it says, all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Now, does it mean that we have to stop everything else and have a Bible study and a long time of prayer? Well, that's always a good thing if you've got the time to do it, but you can, in the midst of things, turn your attention to God. You can thank Him as you go through things. You can turn your anxieties into prayers and turn your attention to God. You can do it in the little things, and you can do it little and often during the day. It doesn't mean that you can't get on with your daily lives. Yes, it's good to have set aside times to, to read God's Word and to pray, but we can pay attention to Him in these other ways. Because, you know, sometimes we can just get caught up in doing things, and even doing things we think we're doing for God, busying ourselves in so many ways, and yet God calls us first to seek Him, to seek His face, to seek to know Him. Jesus said about Himself, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That was God's priority, to seek us. God sent His Son to seek us. He came all the way from heaven, and He's still seeking us today because He loves us so much. The question is, how will we respond? Will we seek Him? Will we respond and decide to be those who want to discover more of the God who is love, who has loved us so much He died in our place for our sins? Because Jesus promises, for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened for them. Will we seek God, who is the one who purifies our hearts? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God.
Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, it says in your word, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And Lord, we thank you that uh, we are no longer restricted to having to go to one place as your temple, that Lord, you have come to be with us and that you have declared that we are your temple so that we can come to you and to seek you day by day in our own lives, to come because we know that Jesus has paid the price of our sins and that you welcome us into your presence. You desire that we turn to you in every need. You desire that we come to know you, to spend time with you, to know you in the daily tasks that we have. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God who is able to transform us as we come to you into your holy presence, your loving presence, which transforms us. And we thank you, Lord, that through that process, you also bless others. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you would help us to be ones that would introduce you to others that, Lord, your spirit would be moving amongst those we pray for and those around us, that they may experience the blessing of your presence. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the blessing of your presence with us by your spirit and for all the gifts that you give us through Christ. So we ask that you would accept our offerings this day for the work of your kingdom and our lives for your glory and praise, that we may live for you, that we may see you and seek you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We conclude our time of worship as we sing our final hymn, Be Thou My Vision, Mission Praise number 51.
And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen.